Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Caught Offside with Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. Oh, yes! Caught offside from just outside of New York City from an apartment in Brooklyn, New York. Andrew Gunling, J.J. Devaney, one of the most memorable non-World Cup U.S. soccer nights that I can honestly remember in my lifetime. What is up, brother? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I mean, (laughs) Mexico have taken such a beating it's it's not even funny like really i haven't stopped laughing for about 45 minutes humiliated on the field embarrassed themselves in the stands they've done it all they've done it all tonight um crazy game absolute venomous vicious like the closest (laughs) thing we've seen to someone absolutely clocking the other person like like cracking them in the jaw with a full fist. I mean, it was so close tonight. You know, when you look at that, that, um, a uh, the stare, or even like Matt Miazga's kind of like, uh, gesturing towards the Mexico player that he's short, yeah. that stuff pales into insignificance when you see what happened tonight. Absolute, like, just, just venom, viciousness, nastiness, the whole thing. And meanwhile, there was a game where it was so weird because the U.S. were dominant and yet they weren't. Like, the U.S. were by far and away the better team. They were so much better. But it wasn't like chance after chance after chance. It's like the U.S. cut them open three times, scored three goals, and Mexico did nothing. Like, like nothing. Like, I I cannot believe they would show up in front of their home crowd, which, let's be honest, that's what it is, and, and lay an egg like that. Like, Matt Turner was so generous tonight, he was making up saves. There was a, there was a limp, sorry, a li- absolute limp header that was going miles past the post that he dived on just to say he did something. It was a dive. It was an appearance fee dive. It was a, hey, I'm here, guys. Yeah, I and, did then, and then later on, he gave the ball away just so that he could be forced into making a great save right after. It was offside, but still, he, he needed something to do. Trying to create jeopardy for himself. It was <laughs> absolutely, I mean, the the fights were great. Absolutely. I, I like. Look, I mean, I'm let's, not... let's go through this. Let's go through all of Can this. Can we go fight by fight? I, <laughs> round by round. Uh, I, I had a rundown, JJ, but, but to quote Michael Douglas, an American president, I'm throwing it out. This is all wait, wait, wait. That is, is that, is that, that's too obscure. Of I'm a reference. throwing it out and writing a law that makes sense. No, 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 no. Okay. So like, I'm, I, I just, and I'm for... going to get the guns. I, I need to just sidebar this for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, when you use a reference, Andrew, yeah, it has to be one that everyone goes, aha. No, that was just for me. That I was. Ju- want, I don't even want people to understand it. That is self-indulgent. That's like me in Succession. Yeah, except a lot of. I think American President's a pretty famous movie, and it's the it's the best scene of the movie. I'm throwing it out. I'm throwing it out. 
I'm throwing out the rundown, JJ. This we got is we got it. We got a title for our podcast already in in the opening five minutes. Which this is, is an all all emotions podcast, and, and I'm going to try to take you through the night because I can't think of a weirder way for a U.S. Mexico game of real consequence to begin than Paul Tenorio tweeting out at around 10:16 Eastern time about 1 minute into the start of this game he sends out the tweet of all tweets saying Greg Berhalter is set to return as manager of the USMNT according to multiple sources briefed on the negotiations deal still being finalized but return is imminent reporting with Pablo Meyer but you know do you know who let's let's do a better reference do you know who Paul Tenorio, Tenorio is and Pablo Meyer in this scenario uh, I don't know. Help me. Cinematically, they're Bane. The kickoff has just happened, right? Just happened. Yeah. In in that stadium in Pittsburgh in Gotham. And, and the they... ball comes down and the earth opens up as Heinz Ward is running with the ball. Yeah. And at the end of it is like, it's Paul Tenorio. U.S. men's national team supporters, look at your manager. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! It's so true. That's what that is. As as the field is in rubble, I mean, and so then we're expected to focus on the effing game. Oh, I couldn't. I like the game, and I, and I'm were... I'm just on my phone and I'm scrolling Twitter because like the I just need everyone's reactions. I'm so curious of what people are going to say and think. And so as that's happening, I'm kind of thinking to myself. Well, like, yeah, this game is important, and we'll talk about it, but the it's not the lead of the podcast anymore. And then the not... game screamed, hold my beer to me, and went on to become some of the most fascinating 90 minutes we've seen between these two teams. I don't know where to begin. I'll follow your lead. Is it Bearhalter, or is it the game? I, I think we begin with Bearhalter. Um, I, I would just like to say my, my sincere apologies to uh, Balogun. I mean, a debut that will not be remembered. No, no, he didn't play well, and and like he, he really w- kind of got kicked around a bit. Was asked to hold the ball up, didn't really work out. That that aside, it was completely washed over by fights. Uh, Paul Tenorio's reporting and uh, and Greg Berhalter's return. This was his introduction to Concacaf and this rivalry. What's he thinking right now? I mean, it's got to be better than a mundane evening where there's like a U- uh, England friendly that he's not involved with. It'd be you know, like if uh, I like introduced Amanda, like if she hadn't met my friends and I chose the moment of like, like Brad Lid striking out Eric Hinsky to win the 2008 World Series as they're all in tears and throwing beer and being like, oh, here, meet, these are the, meet the guys. Like, let me just choose the ultimate moment of chaos to introduce you to all of this. I mean... Sports wise, your wife, it would never hit with her anyways, regardless of what what's going right, on. If I introduced her to my family as like our house was on fire. That's Here, that's a better one. Meet, meet my parents. Meet uh, meet my mother who is currently on fire. I Put mean, yourself I, out, I, mom, and meet Amanda. Well, amazing. What, Absolutely what be, amazing. What could he be thinking back in the, he must be looking at his teammates saying, is every game like this? And mm-hmm. and I would say this about it. Even by, I tweeted this late in the game, even by U.S.-Mexico standards, this was something different. This was on a whole not, I If I were in the locker room right now, if I were Christian Pulisic talking to Balogun, I'd say, no, no, they're not all like this. This was well, weird I, and insane. I, w- I w- always like this. I would say to, I would say to Balogun, it's nasty. Uh, if you go to the sideline, you're going to get hit by a Coors Light in the head. Yeah. 
Um, but I, but like the the general, like I mean, I've never wanted to crack a Mexican footballer right in the face as much as I wanted to crack Artiega at the at the end. Like first of all, what what an absolute denozzle setup his face is. Like the hair, like the hair is like the basis from a mid two thousands Long Island emo band. Like, and he's got these these tattoos as well. He's such a b- and you want to crack him in the freaking jaw. Oh, my God. I, I Like, the, the fights were real for me for once. It wasn't like outside DJs on the Jersey Shore um, on, on a night in August where it's like, hold me back, bro. This was actually, they wanted to get at each other. And it was just, I guess. Well, I have, a, I mean, I can tell you why that was. These teams have played a lot of games against each other through their history. And all the games, they, there's always a certain base level of tension yeah. that is just at a higher plane than a normal game. That's just that's the standard for the edginess of these games because of the rivalry and how familiar the teams are with one another. Like So that's just the way it is. Now, this one is a little bit different because Mexico have not beaten the U.S. in five straight, including two cup finals and two World Cup qualifiers mixed in among those with a friendly, but like high tension, impactful games that Mexico have been unable to beat the U.S. in. It's been trending in this direction and it all came to a head tonight. This was a this was a crystallization in the minds of Mexican players, fans of, you know, oh, my God, we're no longer on their level. No. They're and not. I, and I think that that hit them tonight. I think they could I think they could tease themselves a little bit with some of the other results because a lot of those other games were really close. You know, those cup finals were really tight. Uh, you know, the, the World Cup qualifier in the U.S. was was somewhat convincing, but the one in Mexico was a draw. So I think they could kind of tease themselves into thinking, well, a kick of the ball one way or another, yeah. and who knows what we're talking about. But I think tonight you can't hide from it anymore. And I think, no, it you hit, can't. And I, I think it hit those players out on the field. And what it poured out, it was what poured out of them was not, Let's up our game. It was pure effing frustration and anger I, and lashing I, out. And so, you know, I think the U.S. were so jacked up from their own performance, not to read in too deeply, but I think their adrenaline is pumping because they know we are punishing this team right now. We are embarrassing our biggest rival in a semifinal. Look at us. We are effing flying. And Mexico is meeting that with a level of frustration and aggression that we have not seen from them before. And I think those two adrenalines clashed. And what you saw were fights. You saw four red cards. You saw chaos. And then it spilled into the crowd. You know, I I saw Henry Bushnell tweeting that liquid was flying from all directions over the course of this. He reported multiple fights in the stands, and it all culminated with the only way this game could have ended prematurely because of uh, Mexican fans need to shout a homophobic slur every time Matt Turner kicks the ball. You saw the resignation, the frustration on Matt Turner's face. He didn't want to kick the ball. Because he knew what's so. What happens now? They're going to suspend the game. Are they going to tack on another ten minutes of stoppage time? You saw him shaking his head because he could hear it coming. This was this was bonkers, and I think it was Mexico lashing out in a way that we've seen glimpses of over the years in the course of this rivalry, but not like this. This was well, something so this, different. It it hit them tonight that they're not as good, and this was the only way they knew how to respond. I think you, if you wanted to do a side by side in terms of progression from we'll say twenty nineteen. To 2023, that four-year span, and not quite four years actually. The September, and I always go back to it: the, Dece- the the September defeat at Giant Stadium, 
early, it would have been early on in, in kind of in Bearhalter's reign, where the US were time and again trying to play out through Zach Steff and through the center backs, Aaron Long, trying to play out. And they couldn't do it. The Mexicans were picking them off, creating chances all the time. Look at the second goal tonight. Oh, Look at it. Yeah. Look at the ease at which the US were comfortable in the ball, whipping the ball out to the right hand side. Uh, the Mexican wings, the, the fullback positions, because Mexico tried to press and win the ball and couldn't do it, their fullbacks ended up in positions that were not advantageous, meaning once that ball went in behind, the speedsters on the US, Wea would get in behind, put Pulisic in the first half down the left-hand side. It was, it was off to the races. But that's the side-by-side that you put up. And that's the stark realization. This is no longer a rivalry of, 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 of equals or, or close to equals or there's a kick of a ball between them. It's not. It's swung completely, completely the way of the U.S. men's national team. Now, that doesn't mean that Mexico can't win a significant game again against the U.S. Of course, and, and they will. They undoubtedly will. But, but the thinking and the way they approach it and maybe the personnel will have to change dramatically. Dramatically. They are nowhere close to what the U.S. could uh, pull up tonight. Um, and you could see it early on in some of the interplay between Reyna. Uh, you could see it the way Musa dro- drove forward. And again, like it was a good U.S. performance, but it wasn't like, there's a chance, there's a chance, there's a chance, there's a chance. No, it, it was more like there's going to be specific moments where, where Mexico will attempt to win the ball back. They'll be second to it. The U.S. will play it through them, and it's good night delights for Mexico. Yeah, I, and you're so right. They looked slow. The U.S. were they were first to every one of those second balls, those 50-50 balls. It felt like they were all going the U.S.'s way. Even when the U.S. lost possession, you know, I remember Musa at one point gave away possession. What did he do? Sprinted back, won it back himself. Uh, it was all night. The way the U.S. was able to pass through the Mexican midfield and get yeah. themselves up into the final third, it was with such ease. I mean, you know, I, I think at halftime it was convincing. Like, the U.S. were up 1-0, uh, and you felt good. I mean, I said that was a fun half. But, you know, it's still hanging in the balance. For the U.S. to begin the second half like they did, because oh, I'm sure, stop. I'm sure, th- I, I, you know, I wasn't in that locker room, and I'm sure we'll come to find out some of what was said at halftime, but I guarantee they were pumped. They probably said, we, we have this. Let's put our foot on their throats. And for them to score a minute in, the message that that sent, the jolt of energy that that must have sent through the team, and conversely, what it did to the Mexican team. I mean, Mexico was never the same after that second goal. No, they weren't. And uh, it's interesting because, you know, sometimes it's hard to know what to believe um, when you see one team out early way before everybody else. It's it's hard to know. But tonight it was that, like Kate Abdo pointed it out, it was that the U.S. were absolutely chomping at the bit and were just saying, come on, come on, get back out here and let's finish this. Like, like that's the kind of confidence. Like, there was no response from Mexico. And I have to say, I've been watching this rivalry now for, like, closely for, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 years. Mm -hmm. I've never seen Mexico carry less of a goal threat. Yeah. Never seen it. This This is their lowest ebb. Both footballing wise and um, and I would say morally as well in the stands, their their there's their supporters. I would say I'm happy to say it are absolute scumbags. They're disgrace, absolute disgrace. The way they acted tonight, pathetic. And and it was pointed out by the commentary, um, that they that they did this. Uh, you know, they they really up the made the chant like undeniably um audible. 
when they knew that the game was up. I mean, this is this is the that's that's depraved stuff. It's so sad. I and uh, by the way, let me retract what I said. The, the, not all Mexican fans are s bags. Uh, uh, you know, you know what I mean. But there's far too many of them doing this stuff. I mean, it was deafening. Deafening. It was it was deafening. There was no mistaking what was said. This need to do it. We've talked about it on so Ugh. many podcasts before. I don't get it. I'll never understand it. And I don't know. I don't know what Concacaf does here. I think Concacaf has been put in a bit of an interesting position. Now the referee did. I would say he he let it go maybe a little longer than he should have. Um, but ultimately he did his job. He ended the game prematurely. And now he puts the ball in CONCACAF's court as to what they want to do next. I mean, I don't think Mexico should play in front of closed doors. I think take the fans out of the stadium. I do. I honestly think it. And You see, it's hard as well because we know the politics of football and there's such a big player in CONCACAF. And like, who wants to actually say that? Like, because for me, I wouldn't allow as much as you possibly could for all CONCACAF games, I wouldn't allow traveling support and I wouldn't allow them to have support at their home games. How do you do well, that? Well, denying them traveling support, I don't know how, uh, how do you, is that probably impossible? Possible? I mean, like, I mean, I mean, it was a know, home when you, game. When you buy your ti- right. When you buy your ticket, this was played in the U S and it was 70% Mexican fans. Yeah, like when you buy your ticket, you don't have to say who you're. So, so exactly. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is. Mexico as a team have tried to plead with them. They've made, you know, they had an advertising campaign, uh, I, I don't know. I'm out of answers on this. It's just like, it's like they're brainwashed. We must do this. Yeah, we must do this thing. But 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 this but but I think it was worse because if this is what you shout all the time, well, they did it almost as an act of defiance. They yeah, were, they, they were frustrated. They were taking their cues of frustration from their team yeah. on the field, and they behaved similarly. Um, you know, the Mexican players, I thought some of their conduct was embarrassing, and and this is the fan equivalent of that. Uh, and I'm sure in the you know the next. 24 to 48 hours we'll probably see videos tweeted out of fights in the stands Mm. it sounds like it was a a bit of a scene there tonight um going back to some of the action on the field you know i was watching as this game was was sort of transpiring jj i was thinking about something i admit right now i'm in the moment and i know that a day from now i'll I'll acknowledge that this is a bad take (laughs) Uh, so i preface this all by saying that but I'm, i'm watching the guys out there tonight who we're, we're really, truly excelling for the U.S. I thought Pulisic, despite mm. the chance that he missed, he was brilliant. Oh, he was so fun to watch tonight. It was just like the best version of him. Gio Reyna. Oh, my goodness. The passing, his ability on the ball, his ability to draw fouls. He was excellent. So many of the guys. West Dest. McKinney, you know, until he was sent off. McKinney, he has passed away to set up the goal. Dest. And for the most part, all these players, even some that I haven't named, but they all kind of have one thing in common. Most they're not them, playing. They're not playing. And they're all, they're all at fairly prominent European clubs, and they're not playing. And I've been, I was thinking about that, and I was kind of thinking to myself, you know, maybe we have it wrong. Maybe we've got this all wrong. Like, yes, it's good. Go to European clubs. Certainly do that. Be around that culture. You know, be in those, those powder kegs, you know, those environments, and those training sessions. Like, yeah, continue to do all that. But in not playing... Don't you feel like Christian Pulisic, like some kind of like kid's toy that you wind up? He's just been wound and wound and wound and wound and was and just waiting for this release because Chelsea aren't giving it to him. And then he gets out on the field with the U.S. and it's just an explosion for him. He's been bottling this up for months. So all these guys who aren't playing, I feel like maybe in the best interest of U.S. soccer, we've been saying for years, these guys need to be playing. They got to be playing week in, week out. 
maybe we've got it all wrong. Maybe they need to just be sitting there stewing, watching all these guys playing, desperate to get out there, but can't for whatever reason, whether it's because they're not good enough or their manager doesn't believe in them or whatever it is. And then when they get to the U.S., bang, just unleash, unleash. I feel like that's what I saw tonight. The gundling doctrine. (laughs) Go to a big club, don't play, get angry. Yeah, yeah. That's all. That's it. No, it was. I mean, there was a there was certainly a freshness about Christian Pulisic, the way he attacked the ball for the second goal, even the slaloming run for the chance that he shanked over. By the way, it's just one of those. I know everyone was like uh, waxing lyrical about the Allegiant Stadium pitch, and and it, and it was very good surface tonight, or it seemed to be anyway. The ball bobbled slightly, and when, when and just like when the ball bobbled slightly, and you're going to side foot it like that there's every chance it goes up rather than goes low and hard into the net. So actually had a bit of sympathy for him there, even though it was a big miss. Mm. Generally speaking, he was amazing to watch. I thought uh, Gio Reyna was great as well. Gio Reyna coming out like Stan um, from the Eminem and Dido video with the, with the bleached head. No. Oh, but, uh, but my American president reference was obscure. This is not obscure. My teeth stone cold. I'm wondering why. Got out of bed at all. You don't read. Of course cross. I know Stan. Incredible album. Very good it's album. Absurdly good album. Yeah, it's a. It's actually, it's an absolutely brilliant album. Um, a lot of the stuff on it probably wouldn't pass muster today in terms of its. Uh, yeah, some of it hasn't aged well, but the new. <laughs> it can be set of a lot of music from other but, eras. But, so. uh, but yeah, no, I thought, but uh, I thought Stan was brilliant. Um, I thought, I thought Test was really, really good as well. Um, in, in, in that kind of, now. He did not have a ton to do going the other way. <laughs> I mean, some of these guys are not going to have such free nights uh, in the future against uh, supposedly top class opposition. But even even that said, it was like it was a like a dominant performance. And um, if if you don't win your tackles and you're second to the ball, it actually it doesn't matter what formation you're playing. Like if these are the the, the as who was it was it Kyle Walker? No, Fabian Delph. The basics of football. Yeah, yeah. Like. There are some things that are, and especially in a derby game like this, there are some things that are absolutely just written in stone that you must do. You've got to win your tackles and you've got to win your second balls. And Mexico didn't do any of that tonight. None of it. Like They always seem to be like sticking a leg in, trying to get there. Like Even the, the first red card um, for, for the, the hacked tackle um, on Balogun was like, I mean, it was the, it was a tackle born out of frustration, a tackle born out of being second to the ball, a tackle born out of being beaten. Montez was frustrated all night. Oh, and, then Montez, when he, he, and then he had the one kick where he, you know he he got hurt. I think that was just his moment of okay, I'm I'm just going to kill the next guy that I, that comes in my right, path. Right, and he, he lashes out. Luckily, he only clips him like because if he caught him on the follow through, it would have been a pretty nasty, um, nasty challenge. But like that was Mexico all night long. Like they were just completely outplayed. Out hustled, out ran, out thought, um, out out paced. I I've never I've never seen them get a run get the run around quite like that. Like I've seen U.S. teams have convincing wins, like the night in Columbus, um, in World Cup qualifying, which like you like. But look at they created chances that night. There was two massive Zach Steffen saves that night. Um, they had they carried a threat. This Mexico team was completely and utterly impotent. It's true. It's true. Um, you know, just thinking about it from the U.S. perspective, we're going through the name, all the different players and how they perform tonight. JJ, I can't think of anyone out there that I would have said, eh, not so good. I, I really think that they were all 
they were all on it tonight. It was one of those games where it was just clicking for this team. And it kind of leads me to a a question for you, sort of an interesting dilemma. And I I initially saw this even before the game started. Greg Lawless tweeted this question out. And I thought, yeah, that's interesting when I saw the lineup. And now having seen the way it played out, it's even more interesting. Let's say Tyler Adams is healthy. Yeah. He obviously starts. We've talked many times about how he's arguably, you can make a case he's the most important player on the team. Mm-hmm. Who, are you, who are you taking out? Who? Like, right? I don't know. I, I That's a legitimate question. I don't have an answer. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you'd reconfigure that midfield a bit. It'd, it'd be... Uh... I mean, like, my quick answer was, well, I guess Reyna. But, like... <laughs> No, is he's that, very good. What's that based on other than the fact that he wasn't a starter at the World Cup and like weird things happened after that? But in terms of like on-field performance, uh, I don't know. But he, we're dancing around the we're dancing around the fact that the manager that's about to come back into well, the we'll get to that. We'll get about to, to that. be reinstated probably we wouldn't have very much problem trapping G Arena. Well, let's continue with with our good feeling talk before we get to the weirdness. But uh, I genuinely don't know. I guess that's a good problem for the US to have. Um, and I mean, it's horses for courses as well. Like th- that was the team that was available or that, that's the team that they selected to play against Mexico tonight against different opposition. They may want to go in a different direction. Maybe they don't want to play quite like that. Maybe Musa slides out the side. Oh. Maybe McKenney, maybe McKenney oh. slides out the side. Oh. Oh. I know, but you, we're all basing it on tonight against an abject Mexico and a, and a U.S. team that were just absolutely firing on all cylinders. Like not all games are are, are equal. No, I know, I know that's true. Not all games but... are created equal. It's all, it's all just like nuanced, and and um, and surely to Christ, we'll play better teams than Mexico in the so, for, in the future. So, give me. Uh, I'm just going to say a statement, and you give me either thumbs up or thumbs down. Okay, first statement, something that you already mentioned. Uh, Gio Reyna's hair, thumbs up. Okay, I've had that hair. Brilliant, <laughs> brilliant, love it. I know, yeah, and and at some point in your twenties, you got to go for it. No, I went for it yeah. at twenty five. You know, you're you're on the you're on the bubble there between you know. Should you be doing that? Actually, maybe it that was happen. not in. You and I are are pretty much the same age, so I know what twenty five was. Mm. That was not in style then. No. Okay. No, I just want to get it just done. Just want to be clear. I went to. I I wanted to get it done. I didn't know who'd do it, and I was talking to my friend Neve Kelly, and uh, she said, "Come around," and she did it in her kitchen. Uh huh. Did my uh, did my hair. Frosted tips, but you, yeah, you no, no, it wasn't fo- frosted. She bleached. Oh, the you were whole you head. were full bleached, like oh, like full Gio. bleached, yeah. And then you let it grow out. Yeah, yeah. And you end up looking kind of like a badger. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, uh, Joe Scally's hair. Uh, thumbs up. Okay, because yep. it was even it was a little more metallic. Yeah, okay. I think that's uh, what's that called? I don't know. Not metallic. We'll we'll go with metallic. Platinum, platinum, platinum. Okay. Um, Chris Richards' mustache. No, not loving that. Oh no! Okay, not really into it. Looks like he should be living in Williamsburg. Or... He he looked like he should have been in the final scene of Remember the Titans. Yes. it's one of my favorite things from that movie. That like the final scene takes at Bertier's funeral takes place like way in the future, but they decide they're gonna they made the choice to use all the same actors. But so everyone will have a mustache. How, how can we age them? Ah, I know. Let's give every single one of them a mustache <laughs> they all have to have one yeah <laughs> but there was a point i think somewhere in the 90s where everybody's uncle had a mustache uh, not in my family yeah my uncle jimmy had one yeah my uncle tom had a beard 
Yeah. Not the same. Okay. Not quite the same. Um, so quickly, the guys who I felt best for tonight for the U.S. in this performance. I mean, whenever Pulisic plays like this, because I just know what it, this all means to him. I mean, you just you can just see it all the time. You know, when Chelsea won the Champions League, he's got an American flag around his neck. Like, so when he does you love this, the nationalism, nationalism is a big thing to you when it comes to. If soccer. you, uh, I'm a little uncomfortable with that word, but if you want <laughs> to use it, <laughs> so be it. Let's um, can we can we open that up? Can we can we uh, unpack that, please? bit of a connotation in this yeah. uh, day and age with that word but if that's yeah. if that's the word you want to use yeah i was feeling very nationalistic <laughs> i suppose watching yeah you know, i just know I by just the way know. andrew's broadcasting tonight with a massive massive u.s flag behind him two eagles over his shoulders and a candle that's burning yeah just one candle for no reason yeah yeah um but I just know, especially against Mexico, coming off of a frustrating club season, uh, to play like that, it's just like, how can you not be happy for him? The second was Reyna. Because of, you know, obviously, look, he's been through some of it, certainly by his own doing, but he's a young kid. He's been through a very, a, a very uncomfortable last few months. Didn't play as much nearly for his club as he would have liked to. Uh, watch their title dreams go up in smoke in devastating fashion. Now he's back into the side, uh, and this was a big opportunity for him. Whether it was through injury or whatever it was, he was given an opportunity tonight, and he made the most of it. He was excellent out there. I was happy for him. Um, JJ, I got to say, and I know I, I was I was kind of hard uh, on the U.S. about this a few weeks ago. I don't think I was wrong necessarily, but the manager, B.J. Callahan, I mean, <sighs> Hello. Welcome to your first game in charge of the U.S., where you're just going to enter the fray against Mexico in a semifinal on that kind of stage in that sort of environment. And, like, I mean, I don't know. We can say what we want. Obviously, the players were out there doing it, but it's as good as the U.S. have looked in years. Um, I mean, like, I mean, the argument he was made. he was the man on the sideline tonight. He put the lineup out. He gave the team talk. He had you know whatever their tactics were. I'm not saying like that man make him the manager. <laughs> I, I'm not going to sit here and say that, but like he was the manager tonight, and I they mean, were the, brilliant. Again, the argument to be made toward that is that hey, he's a big juicy plum from the Greg Berhalter coaching tree. Uh huh. So. So there's a kind of a, what would you put it um, in corporate speak continuity uh, sure. continuity from Bearhalter and the ideas. So nothing that was uh, presented to the players would have been alien to them. And it was easy to slot into. And also, again, I think I, I you know, we made fun of, of your point about, you know, don't play the players, have them like absolutely ravenously hungry to play for their national team. Mm hmm. There was a lot of guys with a lot of pent-up anger. I mean, Dest is pretty much in the European football wilderness right now um, and is going to end up at some some club, I would imagine a mid- to lower-tier club, uh, just to get football. Uh, Christian Pulisic is at an absolute crossroads in his in his career too. Uh, Weston McKinney has just been relegated after having a wretched time at Leeds, not not very good at all, not very effective. So there was guys who who had things they wanted to do and things they wanted to prove. Chris Richards, you can add into that mix as well. So I do think there was something in it. I think they were absolutely ravenous, like bring to bring the curtain down on their season. I mean, their season really for them. Um, you know, if they can finish out with like a trophy on Sunday, how cool would that be? You know, so um, be great. it would be yeah. great. 
Yeah, and I, I like, like, I do think ah, the U.S. just seems so primed for it, and Mexico seemed so just like not there. And there's nobody to blame but themselves. And that's not that's not in the gift of the U.S. to control uh, what their opponents are feeling or thinking. But I, there was just a well, they, look, the U.S. inflicted that. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah. No, maybe, no, the, no. maybe Mexico would have looked like that against Panama. For all I know, I don't know. But the no, U.S. No, no, were no. their opponent tonight, and the U.S. did that to them. No, that's a fair. No, that's a fair point. I'm, I'm not denying that. I'm not trying to pour cold water at all. I'm just don't even think about it. No, no, heat that water right up. Have it boiling. Um, uh, the, the one other name I wanted to mention too uh, was Ricardo Pepe, who came in off the bench, slotted home nicely, imme- immediate impact. Um, scored a goal, and again for a guy who was a potential a dual national, deciding between these two, who was left off of the World Cup roster. Um, you don't think that moment meant a lot to him, getting that goal to to kind of finish Mexico off on that stage and make a bit of a statement. You know, while the, while all of us are lauding Balogun and carrying him around on our shoulders right now, and rightfully so, we should be excited. We should be extremely excited about what we have in that guy. Um, but like Ricardo Pepe still believes this is. I'm going to stake my claim. I'm not ready to give in and just cede that spot to you. And, and you know, so props to him too, to all of them. They were all great tonight. In terms of iconic imagery, I think one that's going to end up in the highlight reels for a long, long time. And when people are making montages for, for all big U.S. games going forward, but particularly for any showdown with the, with the Mexican national team, it's going to be the image of a... Weston McKinney wearing what you could only describe as an off-the-shoulder ensemble that had been ripped and him kissing the badge in front of the Mexican fans as sprays of beer and him like looking into the stands. Now, I've... On it's, an, podcast, it's an iconic US-Mexico image. Oh, it's... Absolutely iconic. It's so good. And it's him. And there's there's often been times where I'm like... Wish he'd stay out of that stuff. Wish he'd just do this or that. Tonight was not one of those. I absolutely loved the fact he was getting stuck in. You know? And I, there'll be a lot of cry arson about the fact, well, we're missing McKenney. We're missing Dest. For we, this do, big... I, we do have a, a cup final to play on Sunday. I, I, know, I know that. I know that. But sometimes, in the moment, you have to win the fight and you have to front up and show up regardless of the consequences. And I think tonight they did that. And I think it's worth it for the imagery. I think it's worth it for the message it sent to uh, to the Mexican team. I think it's worth it for the rivalry that all that went down tonight. I think it's absolutely worth it that that happened and that we have this image of him with the torn jersey winding up, absolutely boiling the piss of the Mexican fans by kissing that badge in front of them and looking right into the crowd. Like, it was great. It was just theatre. And let's not forget that I mean, that's what it's meant to be about. I look, uh, you know, the stuff in the stands, the the homophobia. I'm, sure, I, I'm not, I'm no, not including I, that, but right. everything else, I love it, man. I absolutely love that. Like a game with bite and nastiness, and I mean, just JJ, like it's good. It's, it's a tournament that, like a few years ago, a didn't exist. <laughs> B, when it did, we're like, oh, fine, whatever. Yeah, let's let's do this. I mean, it's created some of the most memorable moments in the history of this rivalry. But I mean, let's 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 not pretend it's anything other than how can we get these two rivals together in a game and tell them there's a cup for it. I mean, that's what but it the, is. But I'm saying the way that the opening the, round the, of it, like, the way these get, teams have bought into this thing, I know. But like, uh, and why just wouldn't like, they? they yeah. There is a dearth of competition in this region. I know. So yeah, so they'll they'll take what they'll if this is what if they're gonna. 
they've created like I do feel that the U.S. and Mexico and with apologies to Canada, but the U.S. and Mexico have have created an importance to this. Like, you're right. The tournament means I don't know what it means, but like when these teams play, you just forget you forget what things mean. It all means like other than friendlies when they're just testing out random stuff and random lineups. But like when it's it's their A squad against our A squad, I don't care what they're playing for. This is what you get. Uh, it was it was spectacular with the red cards real quick before we move on to bear halter um dest i i hate to say it i think he earned his yep you can't hit a guy in the face whether it was intentional or not i don't know but he did glad he did <laughs> all right uh mckinney I'll, I'll have to see a replay it was hard to see in kind of a sea of bodies he has put his hand around and in, in the neck area but also there was a mexican player who was not sent off who I couldn't identify, who put his head right into his forehead, like lowered the head. You know that one where right. it's not quite a headbutt, but it is a headbutt for all intents and purposes. It's like a head shove because the neck doesn't snap back. Right. Trying to, to, to create velocity with the headbutt, but it's more of like an, yeah, a head shove. Uh, so me, uh, that, I think it was Christina uncle that tweeted that that, that does matter. The, the like where the head kind of like begins its butt from, <laughs> if that makes sense. Her tweet was more eloquent. I, yeah, um, I mean, she's got all the inside knowledge on this stuff. But, Sometimes but, not- but JJ, Brian Scaretta on Twitter, as soon as that all happened, he pointed out, he he immediately, it's like he was sitting there just waiting for the moment. Uh, he he fired off the screenshot of when McKinney, a couple of years ago against, Mex- against Mexico, where Andres Guardado had his full hand wrapped around McKinney's neck. That's right, yeah. A full choke in plain sight. There was no sea of bodies. It was there for everyone to see. He didn't even get a yellow. I bet, what what is this was, garbage? I bet you McKenney was into it, though. Like, McKenney loves it. Yeah, loves it. Harder. Yeah. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. <laughs> let's see. Let's see where this takes us. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. This we was so probably, much fun. No, we should I probably we'll, park the game and get to a, a bit of uh, a bit of GB action. Yeah, we will. But the, the last bit that I'll say on this is to all the American fans out there, like, if you think we're going too far – and celebrating this, oh, it's just the Nations League. It's you mm-hmm. know Mexico aren't that good right now. Here's what I would say to you: All right, fine. Like maybe maybe those things are true, but just think, just think for a moment. How would you or any of us? What would this pod be? How would we be feeling if if Mexico inflicted that on us right now? Like we'd be we'd be crestfallen. We'd be ripping the team. We'd be saying we this is just not. This but is, they have done not what we thought. They have done, and we said we we talked about like I said, 2019. We said after after that night in Giant Stadium in the Meadowlands, how far away are we from them? And yeah. you said miles, and I said miles, and we were, and now right. we're not. So I'm saying on the nights when it was bad, we were justified in being pissed about it. Uh, tonight it was awesome. So I think we're justified in being joyous and happy about well, you what know went what? down. It's, 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 I'll tell you what. It's one oh four on on the East Coast. I got another four hours in me, by the way. On Friday morning, I do not. My child is slowly. You log betray- off. I'll keep going. Oh, yeah. I'll take it from here. You're like, uh, what was that late late night uh, presenter on WFAN? Uh, the schmooze, Steve Summers. And he would do the show on his own. The American man tonight. I can't really do a good impression of him. <laughs> oh, um, what is it? The Metropolitans. Weston McKinney. Oh, what is it with the ripped shirt around the shoulders? Um, and like he would do, he would do like uh, maybe like a 15 minute monologue to start the show and then do like three or four. You could do that tonight based on. With, I'll, with go, the I'll of, go all night. With the I'll amount of juice night. and energy that's that's flowing from you guys. He is just a, he's a juice man right now. 
Yep. I got my US my my sweatshirt on. I'm oh, I just enjoyed that so much. Uh Bear Halter, we'll get to that in one sec. But before we do, JJ, I gotta tell you, if you don't know by now, where have you been? Support for Caught Offside is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Oh. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the performance package. Join over 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code CAUGHTOFFSIDE at manscaped.com. Uh, we love Manscaped. We've we've used it. We we swear by it. The, the ease of the whole process, JJ, um, the lawnmower 4.0, uh, it's the, the trimmer with the, the future of grooming is, is what they say about it. Yeah, and, uh, and I have to say, um, I've... I've... I've just enjoyed using it so much that I look forward every time to an unkempt garden so I can kempt it up again, make it clean and, and, and put it in place. And, and Manscaped has given me the tools to look after my tool. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's all about. The Weed Whacker also is waterproof, provides a proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, uh, reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. Uh, the crop preserver, JJ, the below the waist deodorant and crop reviver below Oof. the waist toner. I know how much deodorant means to you. Uh, so I'm you sure do that, know that. Yeah. You, do you know used that. to come into the, when, back when we would do this in the studios on like hot summer days, you'd come in and the first thing you would always do is spray. You'd spray yourself right there I'm in the very, studio. I'm so smell conscious. Like yeah. I really am. And you're not alone and it's good to be. And that's why Manscaped provides this because they know that that's, that's, that's the right way of going about this. If you're going to do it right, you got to have that. Um, they provide also the travel bag, by the way, like on its own, how much is a travel bag for stuff like, like that's an expensive piece of equipment just by itself to carry all this stuff. Um, it's a phenomenal product. We love it. It makes a great gift. Father's day is coming up. Uh, so even if, you know, it might be a little late now, father's day is in two days, but you could tell them on father's day, you got something coming and trust me, you're going to absolutely love this gift. Uh, so go ahead and go out and get this thing right now. It's it's fantastic. Uh, 20% off and free shipping with the code CAUGHTOFFSIDE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code CAUGHTOFFSIDE. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Andrew, uh, can I just yeah. read this? Because Josh is on the same page as me. That's okay. your soccer pod. I don't usually like when games get out of hand at the end, but I'm 100% fine with the boys putting in a shift and letting them know we are down to beat your ass on the scoreboard and down here on the field if it's going to be like that. I, I think a lot of people do feel that way today. Oh, I think just like this idea of like, no, no, no. Like we're not going to let, like you're not, we're not going to allow you to feel like you had any kind of upper hand. Like even like maybe Mexico thought, okay, well, if we can't beat them on the scoreboard, we're going to just flat out beat them. And the, like the U S we're not going to allow them to win that battle either. Now, like right now, we're all, you know, all of our adrenaline is going. We all feel like we were just part of this fight. Um, <laughs> we're going to play Canada on Sunday um, and we'll see. We'll see if if it matters. And then we'll we'll reassess if, you know, Serginio Dest, Weston McKinney, pretty important players for this U.S. team. We'll see if their absence. Next um, man up. You know what? Great I mean, opportunity. Great opportunity for some guys to go this out. Is, this is all good and fun, tough talk right now. But I'm saying these are these are lockdown starters for the U.S. That, Listen, after what I've seen, is important. After what I've seen tonight, I fear no one. Well, I mean, Canada's probably feeling similarly. But all right, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with. You. I'm in your corner. Um, so, like we said earlier, <laughs> I, oh, I, I don't even I don't even know what to say 
Bearhalter is, is back. As U.S. Manager. men's national team Twitter. This is your manager. So uh, I guess maybe our guard should have been up a little bit early in the day. Jesse Marsh's agent, Ron Waxman, he sent out a tweet um, pretty shockingly saying that Jesse Marsh would not be the manager. And so maybe that should have sent alarm bells ringing. For me, it kind of did, but not for Bearhalter. It kind of did for Patrick Vieira. I started to think, oh, like that's coinciding exactly with this moment of the Vieira rumors starting to kick into high gear. Like I, maybe there's something really to it. Maybe the U. Maybe Matt Crocker is enamored in some way, and you know, maybe their their ties together in the Premier League. I, I don't know, but that was what I was thinking. I wasn't thinking Bearhalter. I had kind of ruled him out. Especially now with all these rumors of him possibly going to Liga MX or the Netherlands, um, yeah, I was just kind of. I think all a lot of us had moved on. Especially, you know, the U.S. They hired a new sporting director. It seemed like the old regime was out. I know that Anthony Hudson and B.J. Callahan are part of this regime, but it all felt like it was just like the transition period. Like, you know, it's just them for now until we find the real guy. Everyone knows that they're just interims. Um, it never felt real to me that Bearhalter was going to come back into this job. Now, we should say it's not official yet. No. Uh, this right now, it sounds like it's it's on the brink. It sounds like they're in the final stages. But uh, Paul Tenorio was keen to point out that the deal is still being finalized. It's not done yet. Um, but I I don't know. This is this is an emergency pod on its own. Like, I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm pretty stunned by it. Um, I, I don't know. Here's my initial take. Now, look, for the people who have listened to this podcast for a while, you know we are not Bearhalter haters. There are things about him that we don't necessarily love, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there's obviously a chorus of U.S. soccer media or Twitter or the fan base that that hate all of it. That is not this podcast. We acknowledge the good just like we do some of the bad. Now, the thing for me was after the Reina stuff all came to light, I thought, okay, well, that kind of now has pushed me in a certain direction. If I was sort of on the fence, I thought maybe he's done enough to get the job back, but it's not nailed on. Then that happened. To me, that's a clear breach of trust with the locker room, with this group of players. And so for me, that was kind of the moment of, I think it's it's probably best. Gio Reyna is still going to be a part of this setup. The weirdness there is is pretty intense. Bearhalter went out. He said this stuff to the media. Whether, whether he thought it would get out or not, it's irrelevant. It's out there now. He never should have said it. He's lost his player's trust. Maybe it's time for a new guy to come in and take the reins. Um, but then along the way, a thing happened that I didn't really expect. Christian Pulisic gave an extensive interview where he came fully to Bearhalter's defense. Then just within the last week or two, Tim Weah, echoing a lot of the sentiment of Christian Pulisic coming to Bearhalter's defense. They're all parading out this line, essentially, of things are moving in the right direction. We're winning a lot. We're playing well. We're achieving the objectives that we set out for ourselves. Why are we going to mess this up? Yeah. Why not keep this thing going? So, JJ, if my ultimately, if my reason for saying goodbye to Bearhalter was that he breached some sort of trust with that locker room, but no one in the locker room feels that way. No. Well, then who uh, am I to say that he shouldn't be the manager? No, it's it's clearly the locker room has looked at it and said, well, it wasn't done to me. This was specifically a breach of trust in one in one direction to one player and one player who, who we all accept had acted the arse at the World Cup. Therefore, probably okay with it. Let's move forward. It's amazing. Footballers are Footballers are ultimately selfish. They have to be. It kind of is the way of the game. You're always fighting for your place against someone else in a team sport. You go in, you have to make an impact. 
you have to be seen to be doing well on the field, even though you're supposed to be a cog in a unit. And fo- and these footballers have decided that they're best served under Greg Berhalter. That's what's happened. And and there was a, a, clearly a consultation process with the senior professionals in the team, Christian Pulisic, uh, I would say Adams McKinney, um, some, some of the other guys. And... Ultimately, they did not have the same issues that 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 Gio Reyna had, and that has led us to the point where the U.S. rather than go down a new route and a new road and potentially upset what's seen as fairly solid progress, have decided it's better the devil you know. Their their investigation into into what happened, independent investigation yielded little um, in terms of anything that would be actionable, something that would say he should not be the manager of the U.S. men's national team. That's the incident involving his wife. Um, The players, they back him. So when you put all those things together, then they came to the conclusion that it was the, the risk was not rehiring him. The risk was getting someone else in. And I can see that point of view. However, I would say I've never seen such unanimity amongst our listeners who to a man, woman, whatever, don't want him back. Mm-hmm. Do not want him back. Um, now, for various reasons... The, sta- the, the original sin of Bearhalter is the fact that his brother was involved in the upper echelons of, of U.S. soccer. The original right. sin of Bearhalter was... Felt the, like, it felt like he won a rigged process. A rigged process. And, and, it, and he's never really recovered from that. Um, I mean, I'll just give you a flavor. Uh, Robert, so many people are going to be done with... I tweeted it out. So many people are going to be done with this team. Uh, <laughs> LFC Seattle, I truly don't understand. Someone help me understand. Uh, ugh, from Derek. <laughs> I'm not having a nice time. <laughs> from Doug. <laughs> Ross, Irvin Burrell, what makes you think they'd uh, promote the wrong person? Cedric Daniels, we do it all the time. Um, Chris Gary, uh, way to announce it seconds before kickoff. Uh, well, they know. didn't announce it. I don't know what happened here. Obviously, the timing was was not necessarily coincidental. Whether that was, if you're going to do this, why wait six months? Well, there was a process that had to be that had to be seen through, guys. Um, although the process ended some time ago, uh, right? But they had. You're right, though. They had to do their own investigation. They did. Just why? What the hell are we doing? Ruined a whole generation of U.S. soccer. What? Why? We need Ruined, to add. I, all right, hold on a sec. Like, like, there, like it's. I'm, I'm just. I'm not. No, no, no. Is, I'm not talking to you. I'm. I'm I, talking to listen, the. I sentiment. know you have contempt for the common man, but the common no, man no, has no, to no, be heard no, as well. No, 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 no. Look, I have my reservations about Bearhalter. Also, like the way the U.S. plays, it doesn't always look the way I want it to look. But this, to go to say he he's ruined an entire generation of U.S. soccer. What? What? Like. What is that based on exactly? Well, the, like, well look, I mean, it's based on just the, like look at what's the, going on. It's based on the fact Reina didn't start. It's based on the fact that they don't, they don't. Um, uh, well, I know or, people don't want to hear this, but like to say, if you were to tell me he's ruined a generation of U.S. soccer, like to me that means 
we're not, I mean, for starters, we're not winning anything. Like we're not, forget, forget these performances against Mexico. Like that's not, that stuff's not happening. We're not getting out of the group of the world cup. We're probably, maybe we're not making the world cup. If he's ruined to generate, I mean, yeah. It, but, but instead it, he's won every trophy that he's been a part of. He went, he, he took four out of six points against Mexico in world cup qualifying. He got the U S back into the world cup. He got out of the group. Like what are, in what way is, is us soccer ruined? And like, I, then I, I, I know he wasn't the manager tonight, but we're sitting here talking about how these are his understudies. These are his guys. It's his system essentially. And look what they just did. They just put up one of the great performances against Mexico of all time. Like I'm yeah, not, I'm, there are, yes, there are flaws with him. He's not perfect. Like I understand that people, I'm not telling people to, to be celebrating this. You can, you can react however you want, but if we're going to throw lines out there, like he's ruined a generation of us soccer, that has to be, that has to be based on something. But what is it? What's it based on to say something like that? I don't know. Uh, yeah, look, there's a lot of hyperbole, uh, but just, he is not liked. He's just not liked. And I, I think I, I do think that people think that another coach would would have this team with more of a cutting edge. That we were insipid against uh, the Netherlands and never really cut them open in the way that another coach would have us play, and another coach would make more of the talent that we have. I'm not convinced of that argument. I'm also, I'm not his biggest fan either. I, I, I'm really not. I, I would not have reappointed him because I think he broke, whether, whether the players believe it or not, I think he broke a cardinal, he made a cardinal sin uh, by, by talking about a player to, to, to some corporate business entity and, 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 uh, and just invoking Chatham House rules just to, just to cover himself. I, I don't want to go over and rake up old graves, but we know what I'm talking about. I, I thought that was, that was wrong, so yeah. wrong. And while the the rain is a, I mean, the Rainers have taken a massive L tonight. Whew, what an L they've taken! Well, like, yes and no. Their son started tonight and played very well. Ultimately, that's what this was all about in the first place: playing time so he yeah, could show what I he has. So. I guess so. So I, I don't know. But the the stink they kicked up, the fuss they created, the nastiness that they brought it that they that we know they they. They acted with um, all looks pretty terrible now and pretty futile as well. My point, like I, I get people's frustrations, but think of think of U.S. soccer as a large organization, like a a, a big big organization, which it is. Well, what do we know about big organizations? They don't like flux. They don't like change, especially if they think things are okay. They want to keep moving in the same direction and. Like it is a risk to put Patrick Vieira in there, even sure. if you think the style of play at Crystal Palace is absolutely great. It's a risk to tell him he's an international manager now, and that that's suddenly going to translate into amazing soccer. Those are risks. With Bearhalter, there is a guarantee is not the right word. There are no guarantees in soccer, but there is a, a, a like there's a body of work there that they can point to, and and I I honestly think that um, as a as an organization, listening to the players, never mind what we think, listening to the players, their thoughts was absolutely key in this process. And I think if the supporters like and our listeners are really that upset that Greg, Greg Berhalter's back, then you're upset with Christian Pulisic. Then you're upset with Weston McKinney. Then you're upset with Matt Turner. Because I'm sure to a man they wanted him back. That's, I mean, that is how it seemed. Look, I'm not... I am not sitting here and telling people not to question it. That's like, I, you know, I questioned it when I saw it. I thought, what? Huh? I, I couldn't believe it. So I'm not saying don't question. I'm just saying like some of the hyperbole, I just don't, I don't get like, I, 
Yeah. And the other thing in this that I don't, I've never really understood from the start, we talked about this initially. Um, the, the line that was also being paraded around from some of the media and fans, this whole, um, no international manager should have a team should be in charge of a team for more than a single cycle. So from my perspective, I, I don't know, I could be wrong. I feel like I have not really heard that before with the velocity and the volume that we did this time around with Bearhalter. And the only thing that I could take away from that was after the world cup ended, um, I felt like there was a segment of the Bearhalter out population that had kind of run out of reasons for saying he should go. Like it would, it, it had become a little bit harder with the fact that he had won the two trophies with how he performed against Mexico, with the fact that he got out of the group in the World Cup. Like he he checked all the he was checking all of the boxes of what people had set out for his objectives, and so the goalposts kept getting moved with what Bearhalter needed to do to appease people. And when he did all those things, then it, I felt like the fallback was just, well, no one should be able to manage for more than one World Cup. Like what? I don't mm. buy that. I didn't buy that then. I don't buy that now. To me, that's a non-issue. Okay. I have no like if, if you have problems with Bearhalter from a tactics perspective or from a trust perspective, that's fine. But I don't I don't really have time for the whole no manager should manage more than one cycle. That's just I, that falls on deaf ears with me. No, and I don't think that's a maxim that you I mean that you apply across the board, regardless of who the manager is or the circumstances. So what's our what's the caught offside official position? Bearhalter in? Um, yeah, you know what? F it. I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Like, it's not Yeah, like, I don't know. I can't, who were the other candidates? Really? I mean, we had come to learn, I guess that Patrick Vieira was one. Jesse Marsh was one, maybe Jim Curtin. I mean, he had certainly said he wants the job. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure there's others out there. Of course there are, but like, do, I don't know that I can definitively sit here and say that those guys would be able to get something more out of this team than the direction that Bearhalter has them going the in. O- the only name that I would have been really comfortable with would have been Jurgen coming back. Cause that would have given me hours. Whoa. I'm joking. Oh, oh, oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Jurgen is somehow manager of South Korea. What the? Yeah. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. So I mean, is my position your position? Where, where are you? Um, I'm still where I was. I don't think he should be the manager. But, I would not. But have re- your reason was my reason too. The the trust issue. But the players aren't bothered by that, and that's who it affects. Mm. So like, why? Like, is it? It's weird I'm for take, me to be. I'm taking a moral stand. Can't uh, I take a moral stand, Andrew? I'm I, tired. My uh, God. Well, wake up. All right. This has been 20, the craziest night in the in the history, maybe of U.S. It's 20, soccer. It's twenty five past one. I, I have a daughter. She's small. You should be used to this. You're up this time every night anyway. This isn't anything new. Oh, except you're you're with me instead of her. Yeah, which is troubling. All right. Let's take a super quick break. We'll come back on the other side. Uh, if we have any final thoughts on the madness of tonight. Plus, there are a couple other things. In my initial rundown, <laughs> uh, I, I had all this other stuff. But you know what I did with that rundown, JJ? I went Andrew Shepard on it. I'm throwing it out. We'll be back with more caught offside after this. <laughs> Back now, caught offside on just just an outrageous night. We're now into the wee hours. It's the morning, quite frankly. Uh, <laughs> JJ is he's weary. I'm flagging, guys. I'm struggling here. I've told you tap out whenever you want. You can feel free. You you just walk away. No one needs to know. No one needs to know. Um, 
JJ, do you have anything else on all the U.S. stuff? I'm sure the fallout from this will continue. The, the, I still am like, my mind is still racing with the Bearhalter news, just like mixed in among the craziness of those 90 minutes. So on our, our next pods, multiple pods, uh, I'm sure we'll have more on that. I'm just glad that all this happened because I feel like our our Man City treble pod really kind of left people empty. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I, think I was people, a stinker. I think people really really fed off of our poor energy uh in that we were we were i mean if we were presidential candidates that night we were jeb bush yeah jeb jeb with the exclamation mark uh yeah so we needed this this was a strong strong fun bounce back Um, i will say though um it does bear mentioning in the wake of all that uh jack realish he's actually on my couch right now he's sleeping it (laughs) off i took him in Imagine, imagine Amanda wakes up in the morning and, and Grillo is just there, hair in his eyes, and there's a bottle of vodka. And Amanda goes, Jack, Jack, you have to go now. And he goes, The turkey needs to be fed. And then he just falls off the side of the couch. He is really enjoying this, which he what should. a session. What I, like, I, I absolutely applaud it. Like totally yeah. applaud it. Get for me, it. for me, the moment I, I think everybody. It's the, has... only, it's the only good thing about this treble. I well, look, I love him. There's just yeah. there's there's a realness to him that I just enjoy as a player, as a person. And you don't love... know what an encyclopedia is either. What well, what's that? What's that? Uh, like everything, like I love the way he plays. I love his his love of Home Alone and Home Alone Two. The way he parties is is fun, uh, as long as it's safe and responsible. Um, <laughs> all right, Dad. The only moment for me in all this where I was like, like at first I was like, this is so funny. Look at him go. But then when I saw Kyle Walker like propping him up multiple days later uh, at, at like a resort in Ibiza, I was like, it's been like seventy two hours. Is he okay? Yeah, he can't walk. I remember <laughs> when he was uh, playing underage for the Republic of Ireland. Um, he he was on holidays, and I think it was just after. Remember, remember he played like the last few games of that Villa season under Tim Sherwood. Played in the FA Cup final, the whole yeah. thing, and he just ended up passed out. Of course, the paparazzi got pictures of him. He's like seventeen, passed out in like Tenerife, like on the ground. <laughs> yeah, like, and everyone made such a big thing. Oh, he's gone off the rails. He's never and now. Look at him. You know. Still off the rails. One, one, one note. I found it very uncomfortable to see Calvin Phillips front and center, kind of leading the chance and just genuinely, ah, like drunk, visibly drunk and visibly involved. In a way, he hasn't been on the football field. Put yeah. it that way. I, it just. I, I, I'm not saying not don't have fun. I have mixed feelings on that. I get what you're saying, oh. but like he is like he's literally a non-entity at that club. He is. He is a footballing like they don't need him. They spent 45 million on Leeds United's best. Well, let player. me ask you a question. Like Man City fans and supporters are losing their minds and they're drunk. He's on the literal team. I think he's allowed. He's not though. He's on the team. I mean, he's technically on it. He's done nothing. Like, if nothing. Fa- if fa- like fans who, again, I'm a fan, but, like, I don't have anything to do with what happens in these games. I he's celebrate drunk. I celebrate as though I won. When my teams have won important games and titles, I celebrate like I did it. I didn't. He's actually on the team. He's there training. He's going up against these guys. Mm-hmm. I mean. I'm okay with it. 
You have go more ahead. minutes. You have go more minutes to celebrate. You have more minutes in the Premier League this season than Calvin Phillips. I will say this: uh, Gareth Southgate was asked about Jack Grealish's partying. Oh, uh, and he did. Now I I will read this. I should note I've only seen this in writing form. If he was smiling as he said it, it certainly changes the tone of it. Okay. If he was frowning as he said it, it also changes the tone. I'll just read it neutral. Uh, he said, there is a line. But in our head, we weren't thinking of including the city players for this game. He's talking about the national team this week. Um, we've been through the scenario three or four times in the last few years with our players leading into games. It's a huge occasion. We've got a lot of our players in the full training week. We were able to work tactically, and we need to give those guys, city's players, the time to take everything in. But he started a chat by saying there is a line. I think, he's, again, if he smiled as he said it, because later on, I think in the interview, he said, you know, these days, social media, everything is captured. I'm sure there's I had some nights back in the day that I'm glad social media wasn't around for. So he might have kind of been like having a joking tone as he said all of it. But if he if he was serious, it's not lost on him that one of his players has, has lost his mind over the last week and gone on a bender. Yeah, and look, Gareth Southgate doesn't need any excuse not to play Jack Grealish anyway. So, <laughs> touche, touche. Uh, quickly, before we get out, just a couple news and notes. Killing Mbappe, this is madness oh, again. For God's uh, yet, sake. A, yet another thing that is a pod unto itself, an emergency pod unto itself. Um, his potential exit from PSG. This whole process of it is just not going well. Uh, he said that he will not extend his contract with PSG beyond beyond 2024. We know that. But he's also saying he's not looking to leave. Here's the latest. He said, um, because obviously last time around when he was thinking of leaving, the president of the frickin' country, Emmanuel Macron, stepped in. And so Mbappe was asked about that again. He said, what influence does the president have on my career today in 2023? None. He wants me to stay in Paris. My objective is to stay. Huh? We're on the same wavelength. Am I going to leave PSG? I've already answered. I've said that my objective is to stay at PSG. That's my only option at the moment. I'm ready to come back when preseason resumes. I didn't think a letter killed anyone or that it offended anyone. Um, The translation of this, I I, I think what we're seeing here, you may not remember this quite so well, but this feels very Dwight Howard leaving the Orlando Magic to me, where like he desperately wanted to leave. Everyone knew he wanted to leave, but he was so simultaneously also desperate to not appear to be the bad guy in it. He didn't want to like hurt the fans that loved him from that club. You know, it's, it's a big deal for Kylian Mbappe to leave PSG. It's his country where he's from. It's his city. So like, he's got a reputation there. He's going to go back there for the rest of his career for important national team games. Like, so he's trying hard, I think to not appear as the bad guy, but he so clearly wants to go to Real Madrid. It's so painfully obvious but he just won't come out and say it. He's refused to extend his contract. He's not going back there. What position has he put this club in? PSG, I don't care who owns them. They can't lose him for free. Are you kidding? He's a 200 million pound player, Euro player. So like, he's left them with no choice. So like, my objective is to stay. Well, you've put your club in an impossible situation if that's your objective, because you're going to go to Real Madrid for effing free. <laughs> so, I mean, PSG... I don't care what Mbappe's saying. We all know what the true translation is here. He wants to leave. And if he wants to leave, PSG, they've got to sell him now. they got to do it now. I've never seen, I'm trying to think, but I've never seen a player so in love with a club as Mbappe is with Real Madrid for like, since he was a boy. It's been a stated aim and ambition to get there. And, And unfortunately, PSG's moneyed era with the Qatari money 
kind of put this like gilded cage around him for a few years. Like he should be there. He should be at Real Madrid already. Like that mm-hmm. whole thing with the loan from Monaco and oh, he's on loan. Is is he? Yeah, okay. And then he signed this big contract where he was given the keys to PSG while Neymar and Messi were there, and it was just, just. It's it's like your friend. You know, you've got two friends and they're both single and they're just, they, they can't get it together. But they obviously love each other. And just hurry up and get together. Bored. Uh, let's see. West Ham JJ. Sorry, that was terrible. I don't know where I was going with that. But. West Ham JJ, they, they've uh, turned down, I've seen different numbers, but the 80, latest one yeah. I've seen is an 80 million pound offer from Arsenal for Declan Rice. Now I'll say this about Declan Rice. He's a brilliant player. He's mm-hmm. really a great player. But when you look at him, the, the reported figure that West Ham wants um, do you look at Declan Rice and say, yeah, that's a 120 million pound player? Um, well, with the England tax on him, yeah, you probably do. God, that's a big number. I know, but it it, it doesn't necessarily, you know, represent value, etc. Um, it's so funny. Arsenal aren't that club. My, my, fr- they my friend Luke. They don't spend like that. My, yeah, my friend Luke is, uh, well, there's going to be add-ons. I heard, before this happened, I heard 100 million and then, like, 20 million in add-ons will be, like, performance-related add-ons, etc. Um, but West Ham are right to hold out for as much as they possibly can. Absolutely right. Because he's ir- absolutely right. irreplaceable to them. It's so funny. My friend, you know my friend Luke, who's a West Ham supporter. Yeah. And Luke, like, I'm not, like, Luke's football fandom, he, he always liked soccer, but, like, his proper following of soccer would only be in the last 10 years. So he doesn't really have a true appreciation for what Arsenal are as like an institution, as a football club. His disdain for Declan Rice going to Arsenal is chef's kiss. It's amazing. <laughs> like the stuff he's saying, like he goes, I'd so- um, uh, uh, he goes, uh, effing A, can't believe Rice is going to Arsenal. Seems like a ludicrous decision. I said, why do you think that? I'm curious. Because they haven't won anything in forever. I guess none of the top six sides have, uh, have besides one blue team. But they just had their best season in like seven years and still didn't win anything. Lots of second place. And Artueta is a T. <laughs> I don't know, man. Arsenal seemed like the least likely of the big boys to actually do anything. So uh, it's just incredible. But just a total disdain for Arsenal despite their... Um, like their title tilt last it's, season. It's going to be very interesting because West Ham are resigned for him to go. I forget who it was, but some one of the higher-ups within the club said today that they're 99% sure that he's leaving. He's gone. Like, and they, they, they know he's gone, but they're but they're putting a number out there. That I mean, is, Sullivan said he's gone. So. $120 million. Mm. I mean, you know they're my stance. They're not going to get that straight up cold hard cash. That's going to be a, a negotiation, but it will be in around 100 I guarantee you it will. If Jack Grealish is 100 he's 100 uh, and then one other transfer rumor to mention, uh, Chelsea upping uh, their pursuit of Moises uh, Casado of Brighton. Brighton will reportedly let him leave. Ben Jacobs tweeting tonight, Chelsea will advance their pursuit of Moises Casado over the coming weeks. Brighton will let Casado leave. This was clear when he extended. It's going to take around $70 million guaranteed and $10, millions in, uh, 10 million in add-ons. Casado fully open to the move, even without European football. So he'll, he's willing to go to Chelsea, uh, despite the fact that you know there's it's, it's no Champions League nights next season. I would say this, Chelsea have spent recklessly and wildly uh, on a lot of players that I'm not sure what I think of, a lot of decisions that I'm not sure what I think of over the last year or so. Um, this is one that I would actually applaud. I think I think quite highly of this player. Um, and I think that it's it, it feels a little bit less, let's just throw someone out there and see if they'll score goals for us. Like This feels like a guy that a little more thought 
would go into. No, I mean, yeah, I would. Agree. I mean, I agree with that evaluation of the player. But with Chelsea, doesn't it feel like we got to sell a lot of players before we start bringing guys in? It really does feel that. Way. But who? I mean, you're hearing about Kai Havertz going to Arsenal. Kai Havertz is Renee I mean, Zellweger. I never got her appeal when she was like top of the mountain, Bridget Jones, all that. Never understand her. But Renee Zellweger was everywhere, and she was in everything. Kai Havertz is that for me? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't. I don't get it with him. I've said that on this show many times. I don't see it. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Arsenal see something. I saw something that, you know, I forget who it was that tweeted that he's very underrated in finding like pockets of space. Sure. All right. I mean, if you're looking for him to score goals, then you're going to be left wanting. Uh, yeah. He, I don't know. Uh, go ahead. Ars- look, Arsenal are in a moment right now where I kind of, I kind of trust their decisions. They seem to be making good ones, but that's, that's one that I would find puzzling. Um, yeah, Chelsea are going to have to sell off all these players who are kind of at low values right now. Um, you know, they're, the Mason Mount situation with Manchester United goes on as uh, Chelsea are holding out. What, what's the price tag right now? It's at fifty million. I think Chelsea want more. Um, so we'll see where that goes. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, and then finally, JJ uh, Nations League, Concacaf Nations League was not the only dramatic Nations League going on. Uh, over these past couple of days, the UEFA Nations League was quite thrilling as well. And it was really, again, a competition that is is still so new, really something to see like Nathan Ake and Denzel Dumfries and Rodri, like guys who just played in a Champions League final only four days ago, like going going at it. Yeah, oh. and you and and all I want for them is a break. <laughs> Just give I know. Them a break. I know. But uh, a couple really dramatic games, Croatia advancing to the final where they'll face Spain, Croatia in extra time. Luka Modric just does not age. He was brilliant in that game. Uh, They went at 4-2 in extra time, getting two late goals. Uh, Great first goal in the 97th. Um, Who was it? Petkovic, I think, um, with the turn and a great finish. And then Spain dramatically uh, defeating Italy 2-1 on Josuelo on a really weird winning goal. Like, was he offside who even scored it how many deflections did it take it was just like such a weird goal to win on but they all count the same uh so that should be a fun one spain and croatia in the uefa nations league final and of course the u.s men's national team and canada in the Concacaf nations league final um what a what a day we haven't even got to Uh, ireland versus greece we have to do our ireland versus greece preview go ahead the floor is yours really need us to win that one have to beat greece home and away have to. This is, have any, is this your analysis? Any chance. Got the French and the Dutch in the same group. Oh, no, it's not it's not it's, right. It's not right. Not fair. You got Evan Ferguson though. We so have got, Evan Ferguson. So you got a chance. We have. We have. Uh JJ, this was uh this was a joy. This was one of the most memorable US soccer nights that I can remember. You think when the World Cup ends, it's like, well, how am I gonna get how am I gonna get up to that level again? And you you, you find it. You can't help it. You find it. We found that level tonight. The team was brilliant. The game was <laughs> sensational uh, and outrageous and in all of CONCACAF's glory. Uh, and we got a final to look forward to on Sunday, on Father's Day, no less. Do we know the time of that one? I haven't looked. I, I, I haven't checked either. And I really don't want to say because it'll be at least three quarters of an hour after it's posted. <laughs> hey, tonight wasn't terrible. They Just... said 10 o'clock. It was 10.15. Not awful. I'll sign uh, up for that. Better yeah, than I'll the take... usual 33 minutes later or whatever the hell it normally I'll is. I'll take it. I'll take it. Bearhalter's back. The U.S. are in a Nations League final. Everybody's been red carded. It's just one of those kinds of nights, JJ. I'm giving us red cards. I'm sending us off right now. It's time to go to bed. JJ, to you I say... Check you later, fun boy. I'll see you. Take care. I'm throwing it out. You've been listening.
listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast. 